goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome, my friends. It is the Thursday edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour. If you would like to be part of the program, 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us. 800-848-9222. And I'm so happy. We have a program feature that we're going to be doing. Well, it's a feature that we are going to be doing on social media across many of the social media platforms in connection with the Bo Snurley Rush Hour. And I have to thank the amazing, and I and I, I really mean this, the amazing social media team here at WABC. Stephanie leads it, Gina and the crew. And let me tell you something. Every business in America now has a social media team. Almost. You, you can't exist without one. You have to have a presence. If you're in a lot of different verticals or a lot of different industries, you need to interact with your public. And the best way to do that is through social media. At WABC, we have an incredible, and I mean they are incredible. We have an incredible social media team. I don't know how they get done all that they do. And one of the things that Stephanie and the team came up with is doing a feature that we are going to call Bumper to Bumper. And it features the bumper music that we play here. And what a better way to integrate with what we're doing with Rush Hour with Bumper to Bumper. And so you'll hear selections from our bumper rotation. And, you know, we talk about the history of the music, Diego, um, on Saturdays, it's, it's half breed, half, half Brit. Half Brit Nick and I, and and I'm excited because, as you know, I I brag about my team. I'm, I love the fact that a lot of my team here, like Diego, Diego is a musician, and I just am always blown away by the incredible breadth of knowledge that Diego has about music, especially given his age. He's young. You can talk to him about any kind of music, and he has a really good background in music. I find that just not only fascinating, refreshing, but hopeful. Because I often think that most Americans don't have an appreciation for our own music, let alone international music, and let alone music from bygone eras, which is, which is still amazing. We have an amazing audience. Like Ms. Churchill, she's one of, premier, she's one of the premier songwriters in the United States. She listens here. And she contributes. And we have so many others. We have Tom, we have my man, Ed Shea, who um, worked with Tom Bell, with the great Tom Bell as a session musician. We have members of the audience who are professional musicians, and everyone contributes. And so we're going to do more and more with, you know, I love music, and we're going to do oh, more and more. Oh, we love you too, Bo. We love you too. <laughs> Thank you. And so I'm just so excited about it. And our social media crew, I just cannot say enough about them. They are um, creative. They always bring something to the table that's thoughtful and inspiring. And I'm just so pleased about it. So pretty soon we'll be, uh, you'll be able to see bumper to bumper on your, 
social media. Now, today is a, a, a sad day in a way. Henry Kissinger passed away. You heard uh, Mayor Rudy talking about it. And I just want to say something about the mean people, and they are out here. I have never seen a headline as mean as Rolling Stone's headline. It is one of the meanest headlines I have ever seen in my life with a mean story. The headline, Henry Kissinger, war criminal, beloved by America's ruling class, finally dies. What an awful, by a guy named Spencer Ackerman. Spencer, I have news for you. One day, I don't know when, and I don't wish it upon you early or anything, and I wish you no ill will, but guess what? Spencer, one day you will meet that fate. One day we all will meet that fate. And I hope when you meet that fate that there's not someone bad-mouthing you as you make your exit from Earth, even for this kind of crappy headline. Look, even if you don't like Henry Kissinger, even if you think his policies were terrible, I, I, I continue to marvel at people who can't even give up their hate. Now, there are some people in the world, you say they die okay. Well, we're not going to have much sympathy for them. You know, you can think about some of the world's um, most evil human beings who were directly responsible for, like, Adolf and that crew. Okay, no sympathy. At the same time, for for an American patriot, for an American that acted in what he considered to be his best interest in with momentous changes, some of which have benefited America, some of which may not have worked out the way that he even wanted them to. But to just be this horrid. And there's another one by Ben Rhodes. Now, he was Obama's guy. He also was connected to the Rhodes guy that ran CBS for a while. Henry Kissinger, the hypocrite. That's in the New York Times today. I would, you know what, Ben? You too. One day, someone will be judging you. And I hope when you pass away, that people aren't as critical and mean spirited toward you on your passing as you people are toward Dr. Kissinger, who led a remarkable life. I just think it's terrible. Now, there are some. Other stories in the news besides the political heavyweight stories. And, of course, on Thursdays, we have Andrew Giuliani. And I love our conversations with Andrew, so I'm looking forward to chatting with Andrew Giuliani a little bit later in the show. Uh, and and we'll talk about some of the things in the head. There is a story, folks, you have got to. You don't have to read it. I I, I pay good money. And I mean good money to subscribe to the Amazon Prime Washington Post so I can read what's in there. And I also pay good money out of my own pocket to subscribe to a bunch of newspapers that are, well, liberal rags. Because I like to see what is in those papers and I like to share them. There is an article today. You talk about the fear, the blatant fear. This article in the Amazon Prime Washington Post, written by Robert Kagan, who is a contributing editor. Let me just read you the headline of this op-ed. Opinion. 
opinion. There's an alert. We have an opinion from the Amazon Prime Washington Post. Opinion. A Trump dictatorship is increasingly inevitable. We should stop pretending. This thing prints out to 14 pages. I used a lot of paper today. The the Henry Kissinger hate piece in Rolling Stone, that prints out to 18 pages. I haven't read it all. I haven't gotten through it because it just kind of turned the stomach after a while. And this one, I, I'm laughing myself silly. So I'm going to share this one, some of the contents of this one, Washington Post, when we get back from our first break. A Trump dictatorship is increasingly inevitable. We should stop pretending. Okay, but there's other news. I do hope Rhonda is listening. Because, you know, Rhonda's out there in the, in the, in the, uh, in flyover country. And we have some news today from flyover country. In fact, we have two stories. How shall I put this? About the same office. Oh, I'm sorry, the same orifice. And so let us start with story number one. This story takes place in America's heartland, ladies and gentlemen. And, and these are, this is one of those stories. I read the story and I'm scratching my, my head and I'm saying, really? Did this really happen? Is this fake news or is this real? And it must be real. So here's the story. Brace yourselves or not. This, by the way, you can find it at Fox News today. Indiana man found with handgun hidden in his rectum after being taken into custody. That's right. I said that that's the headline. Indiana man found with handgun hidden in his rectum after being taken into custody. Now, you think the headline, wait till you get to the deets on this one. And Indiana, boy, they they have a lot of time in their hands, and they can figure out how to do a lot. Those good people in Indiana and fly in, in America's heartland. They are creative. They can figure out how to do things that the rest of us could only dream about if we dared dream about them. An Indiana ex-convict who was prohibited from carrying a firearm had a handgun hidden in his rectum when he was booked into jail and underwent a body scan and a strip search. Christopher Boyd, 32 years old, was a passenger riding in a vehicle that police pulled over in Evansville on Monday about 2 a.m. for an obscured license plate. The driver and his second passenger were released without charges after they were searched by police. But when officers patted down Boyd, they discovered a small bag with multiple pills in his right sock. Boyd claimed the uh, pills were Percocets that he had received from his Aunt Trish to help with the pain of having a bullet lodged in his spine. Boyd also said during the search that he could not spread his legs because of his spinal injury. While searching in Boyd's groin area, Boyd tensed up, police say in their report, The uh, subject was asked if he had anything stuffed in his groin or buttocks. 
Boyd stated, Nope. No. Or, No, I don't. After, so, okay, so do you have anything stuck in your buttocks? No. So they took him to jail. So after Boyd was transported to the county jail, he was observed walking with a limp and appeared to be clinching his... (laughs) I just read a comment. I'll share in a moment. After Boyd was transported to the county jail, he was observed walking with a limp and appeared to be clinching his buttocks as he walked. Boyd was subsequently put through a body scanner and a large object was detected in his groin region. Now get this. After they scanned him and a large object was found in his groin region, a strip search revealed not one, but two plastic bags containing marijuana tucked next to Boyd's scrotum. Recreational marijuana remains illegal in Indiana. Boyd then tensed up and refused to comply and was lowered to the ground. An officer lowered, how'd you like, how would you like to have this job? An officer lowered Boyd's pants to remove the item that was in his rectum, but the suspect continued to clinch his buttocks. The officer was able to see that the object Boyd had in his rectum was a handgun, and the firearm was subsequently removed. It is unclear whether the handgun was loaded. Police confirmed that the firearm was not stolen. The gun hidden in Boyd's rectum was a Smith and Western, Smith and Wesson bodyguard, a 380 caliber pistol that weighs about 12 ounces and is about five inches long. <laughs> The gun has a micro frame size, is lightweight and simple to use. It's perfectly suited for concealed carry. <laughs> for concealed carry, says the uh, manufacturer's website. Now, this guy, Mr. Boyd, here has a criminal history, includes convictions for attempted murder, burglary, and domestic battery. He's also the subject of an active protective order, has been classified as a serious violent felon and domestic batterer, which uh, that prohibits him from carrying, from possessing a handgun, much less carrying it in his rectum. And I guess it, if it hadn't been discovered, it could have wrecked him, but it didn't wreck him. Lisa says he doesn't need Rhonda. He needs Nursy Nurse. He's got <laughs> But how'd you like the job of pulling out the gun? Hey, what's that? It's a gun. Let's pull it. No, you pull it out. Uh, no. And the question is, as they were pulling it out, never mind. I can't. There's another secondary companion story to this. 
And I'll just tell you what it is briefly. You can find this story in the Daily Mail today. Oh, Lisa, you're going to love this one. And all of my friends of Italian extraction. Olive oil can help you poop. And Gen Z is really into this natural constipation cure. That's the headline. I'll leave the story there because we're out of time for that side of the news, the back side of the news. I'll put this in the Saturday stack. Anniversary. That's why we're playing Sly and the Family Stone. Released. Oh, this is a huge day in music. It is a huge day. 1971, Sly and the Family Stone, number one. With this one, their fourth and final number one song. It's a family affair with a gun in your rectum. Hour is on the air. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Rush on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Two thousand, the year two thousand. Scott Smith, bassist for the Canadian rock band Loverboy, met a very tragic end. He was sailing on a boat with two friends off the coast of San Francisco, near my bridge. My, my the Golden Gate Bridge. He, he was sailing near my bridge when it. a large wave swept him overboard. Bye bye, lover boy. Working for the weekend turned me loose. Loving every minute of it. This could be the night. Such a successful group. Twenty three million records sold. Scott Smith. Remembered on this day. Uh, Rhonda has weighed in from Indiana. Rhonda said, how big of a, a dot, dot, blah, 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 do you have to be to carry a firearm there? Asking for a friend, of course. The rest of us here are normal, I promise. Where, where did he store the clips? Holy cow. Rhonda, look, he's, look, he's your neighbor. He's out there in the farmland. I think that you should do your good duty. You, Rhonda, you are a healer. You are a person that brings joy, that helps people overcome their lower, mo- their lowest moments in life with your thoughtful inspiration. I think you should visit him in jail. That's what I think you should do. I think you should go to jail. You can ask him because you're not your friend. My friend wants to know. Yeah, Rhonda, your friend wants to know. Okay. Your friend wants to know how big a... If you see the size of the gun, that's not the only thing you're asking. If this thing fits in most of your hand and it's shaped like a gun. So which part do you put in first? And then how do you get the rest of it in there? And then how do... I mean, this, there are so many questions that remain on. It's, it's, is it like a, 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 
I don't know what kind of move it takes to actually do this. And then how do you walk with it? And then what happens when you have to, let's say that you've had a big meal, (laughs) a happy meal. There are so many questions, Rhonda, that we need to know the answers to about that some of us would like to know the answers to for this young convict who found his way to stick a gun in his rectum. And why didn't it wreck him? So please, Rhonda, help us here. Help us, Rhonda. Help, help us, Rhonda. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, enough of the backdoor news. A uh, uh, Trump dictatorship is increasingly inevitable. We should stop pretending the story today is in the Amazon Prime Washington Post. It begins this way. Let's stop the wishful thinking and face the stark, the stark reality. There is a clear path to dictatorship in the United States, and it's getting shorter every day. In 13 weeks, Donald Trump will have locked up the Republican nomination. In the real clear politics poll average, Trump leads his nearest competitor by 47 points, and he leads the rest of the field combined by 27 points. The idea that he is unelectable in general election is nonsense. He's tied or ahead of President Biden in all the latest poll, stripping other Republican challenges of their own stated reasons for existence. The fact that many Americans might prefer other candidates, much ballyhooed by such political sages as Karl Rove, will soon become irrelevant when millions of Republican voters turn out to choose the person whom no one allegedly wants. For many months now, we've been living in the world of self-delusion, rich with imagined possibilities. Maybe it'll be Ron DeSantis, or maybe Nikki Haley. Maybe the myriad indictments of Trump will doom him and the Republican suburbanites with the suburban Republicanites Uh, Such hopeful speculation has allowed us to drift along passively, conducting business as usual, taking no dramatic action to change course in the hope and expectation that something will happen. Like people on a riverboat, we have long known there is a waterfall ahead, but assume we will somehow find our way to shore before we go over the edge. But now... The actions required us to get to shore are looking harder and harder, if not downright impossible. And the article goes there. He says, all of this delusion is going to end on Super Tuesday when Trump wins. Votes are the currency of power in our system, and money follows by those measures. Trump is about to become far more powerful than he already is. The hour of casting about for alternatives is closing. The next phase is about people falling into line. And boy, oh boy, is it? That's just the first, that's just the second page. This thing goes on f- for 12 more pages. 
of this. They're petrified. And this idea that Trump is ushering in a dictatorship. That's the time we have for this. Now we got to, we got to hit to the break. We got to check in with uh, Bob Brown and check in with all the news and the traffic and all that good stuff. And when we get back, also we're going to check in with Andrew Giuliani, Glenn Campbell. Started a five-week run at number one on the U.S. album charts with Wichita Lyman. Jimmy Webb's inspiration for the lyrics. Came while driving through Washita. There's another way I can pronounce this, but I'm not going to. It's spelled W-A-S-H-I-T-A. Washita. County in northern Oklahoma. He was driving through an endless litany of telephone poles, each looking exactly the same. In the distance, he noticed the silhouette of a solitary lineman atop a pole. I know I need a small vacation. This is one, this to me is like, this, this song is like a Norman Rockwell painting. You look at Norman Rockwell's art and it captured a piece of America. This song, Wichita Lineman, captures a piece of America. WABC, Talk Radio 77, Boston Early's Rush Hour. Stay with us. We'll be right back. He's still on the line. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Eddie Van Halen on guitar, MJ on the vocals, on this day in 1982, Thriller was released. Thriller spent 190 weeks on the UK charts, and on this day in 1991, Dangerous. Was released. Goes to number one. MJ, King of Pop. On WABC. Yeah, that's what I said. I've got a gun hidden. Ow! Ow! Ooh, take it out again. Oh, let me stop. Time to check in with my man, Andrew Giuliani. (laughs) Andrew, how are you today? Well, I'm dancing now, James, and I'm listening to you, my friend. Now, I'm going to have to start talking, but you got me dancing, and and I talk better than I dance, so we'll we'll get into the talking part. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew, Andrew, boy, you know, this, the, the craziness is just, it's spreading. And I, I don't know whether you heard any of the story I just did with this. And Andrew, you have to when you have time. And it's a long read. You can't get through it all if you have, if you're so busy 
the the Washington Post today this story that the dictatorship is coming and we can't the Trump dictatorship in 13 weeks we can't stop it the panic is spreading out there now I understand that Trump wrote an op-ed to young people in America well why don't you tell us about that well first off I'm glad you let me know about this Washington Post article because this morning when I was filling in on the morning show with John Katzen and Curtis Lewa I mentioned that the New York Times is always great if you need toilet paper. But when I spent four years down in D.C., it was really the Washington Post that I would use for that. And I'm sure that this ultimately keeps up to that standard. You know, uh, one of the things that I spoke with President Trump about a couple of weeks ago when I was with him down in Florida was he was talking about how he can actually really, you know, figure out how to message the economy. How does he ultimately get it through to the American people? And I said, I I said, you've got it right in front of you. It's Bidenomics. He's owned this. He's the one who's ultimately trying to tout Bidenomics. They're going to start spinning this somehow. But the truth is, uh, Americans aren't going to be spun out of the fact that they're seeing that their real income wages are down significantly, over $10,000, $11,000 a year. It's absolutely wild. And the fact that he's out there, that Biden is out there trying to spin this and saying, that the American people, I don't know, are too stupid to realize that the economy is actually good when we all saw what we saw over Thanksgiving dinner. Thanksgiving dinner was 27% more expensive this year than it was just a, four, a few short years ago under President Trump. Uh, cars, this is one of the things that President Trump talked about. A new car now, the average new car will cost over $50,000 and with rates as high as they are, that means over $700 a month in terms of a car payment. In order to get a new car, you almost have to be rich at this point. Um, so it's just one thing after another. And basically what President Trump was saying was, hey, look, a very similar message that he had said to a lot of the country that had felt like they had been left behind in 2016, which is, young people, what else do you have to lose? You are losing the future of your country right now from an economic standpoint, under this president, under Joe Biden, what else do you have to you have to lose? This is what I did for four years, and this is what I'll do again if I get elected. A much shorter read than the Washington Post one. I certainly recommend everybody go and take a look at it. And I'm going to suggest something else, too. I think in the next time you talk to President Trump, you might want to mention this to him. This may sound a little bit contradictory from what you're saying right now, but I don't think so. At yeah. the same time, he should make a case. For every working class American that there is, that they are now going to have to pay $1,800 or more, each of them, from what they work, to take care of the student debt that Joe Biden just wiped out for a few privileged, and I mean privileged, children. Most of these kids going to school are going to be high, going to colleges, are going to be in the upper earning um, categories. They are going to earn money. But Joe Biden just announced to more than 800,000 more people, student loan borrowers, he's going to forgive that money. That money doesn't disappear in thin air. Those loans will have to be paid by the average taxpayer. So let's put it like this. If you are a working stiff, if you're a working guy, woman, a working family, husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend or boyfriend and boyfriend or whatever the audience, women and whatever. If you're working and you're working your butt off and you're barely making ends meet, 
Let's say you didn't go to college, but you're working and you now have to pay for, in addition to everything else, in addition to the $11,400 now that it cost Americans more to live on since Joe Biden came to office, you also have a nut of $1,800 to pay because Joe Biden decided he wants college kids to vote for him so he will wipe out their debt. And if you're in debt, if you have debt, nobody's wiping out your debt. I think that it would be, I don't know what you think about this, Andrew, but I think that this is, if you frame this the proper way, I think that this is something that a lot of people will understand. Why are you paying so that Joe Biden can have a better chance at getting a, a college-educated voters? Why do you have to pay for it? And to add to that, I think there's probably no better time for that message to go through to the American people when you see just how radical these college campus has gotten. Whether you want to talk about how they've been out there pushing pro-terrorist messaging with regards to Israel, if you want to talk about the fact that they're pushing you know, fake science in terms of the fact that there are more than multiple genders, um, you want to talk about the fact that they're just completely eliminating civics on these college campuses. Um, they're just anti-American, anti-Western ideas. Uh, and I think now would probably be the best time. If you're ever going to have a time where you can actually rally people around just how radical these college campuses actually are and the fact that they're not actually out there serving young people, uh, it, now's a great time because you're absolutely right. It's not just from the curriculum standpoint. But look what they've done in terms of how much they've raised. These college campuses have actually raised the amount it is to go to college for the average American now. I mean, I don't remember, but certainly my parents told me when they went to school, you know, their tuition was somewhere between $1,200, $1,500 a year, something that was very manageable. They had second jobs. So that way they can go and work it off while they were studying and they would graduate with very, very little debt, if any debt at all. Now, basically, these colleges, as we know, are massive biz businesses with some of them having 20, 30, 40, 50 billion dollar endowments. And they're basically having these kids uh, owed to them for the rest of their working lives. So if there's ever a time to be able to that message to go through. Now is that time. You're absolutely right. I am so thankful, Andrew, that last night at the Christmas lighting ceremony, I mean, of course, there were the pro-Palestinian protesters, some of them showing up with the Nazi swastikas, or at least one of them. Um, it could have been more. Um, and the police department in New York did, a, I think, a magnificent job of making sure that this didn't turn into the kind of ugly incident that it could have. But I still think that there are many people who are pretty offended that the start of their holiday season in New York had to be marred with these protests at all. I'm wondering if you have any thoughts about that. Absolutely. I mean, you could go back to last week when you had these pro-terrorist protesters out there stopping the Thanksgiving Day Parade for a while because they decided to glue their hands on Sixth Avenue. And then you go look at this last night. I'm sure the people that came from all around the world, I was reading about a couple that ended up saving their yearly savings for this trip to New York to see the holiday lights for the first time, to go watch the Rockefeller, Rockefeller Center Christmas tree getting lit, lit up magically. And all of a sudden, they're standing next to five different Palestinian protesters over here 
that are ruining their Christmas tradition and are, are their Christmas opportunity to enjoy in what is a real New York tradition. I think you're right. I think the New York Police Department really did a great job yesterday. When you think about just the pressure that they are under uh, from, I think, a, a mayor that, while he talks tough sometimes, does not support him the way I think City Hall needs to support him. I think what we've seen with Eric Adams is we've we, our expectations were so lowered with Bill de Blasio that we look and say, well, he's not as bad as Bill de Blasio, which is true. But that's a pretty low bar, especially when it regards to public safety here. To me, I just wonder where the strategy was on this from getting them there in the first place. And, and what I mean by that is um, I think City Hall, along with the higher ups of 1PP, really should have had a plan. We knew a couple of days before they were going to try to infiltrate this. So what you do is you set up a basically uh, a screening area. Then you set up a, uh, a quiet zone, if you will, an empty zone where those people will funnel in. And then all of a sudden you have the area where they can go and actually enjoy the tree lighting. And you close that down four, five, six hours before. But I would say the rank and file that were on the ground did such a great job in actually getting them out there. And you can go and look at some of the videos that are out there. I mean, you had these protesters that were agitating and trying to do everything they possibly could to get a cop to swing at them. And they had the, uh, they had the discipline not to. So kudos to them. Anthony Santos, there's a vote. It may be underway now this afternoon to see whether he should be expelled from Congress. Uh, yeah. Um, and the Speaker of the House, new Speaker of the House, is asking members in the Republican Party, hey, vote your conscience on this one. The party's not going to lean on you one way or another. Santos defiantly says, I'm not going to resign. And he actually, in a fiery speech, went after Democrats today. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I guess I don't even know what the odds are that he would be able to survive this because yeah. he's, 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 he, he has just put himself in a situation. Uh, what do you think is going to happen here? Yeah, I'm no George Santos fan. I, I saw some of the lies start while we were on the campaign trail before George Santos was a, a was a household name. Now they, I didn't, I didn't think that they were kind of. I thought they were kind of the typical political bloviating. We'll put it that way. I didn't realize that we were talking about potentially ripping off campaign donors and taking you know foreign funds and then spending it on OnlyFans uh, among other things. Um, but to me, I, I do look at this as a very slippery slope in terms of if he has not been actually convicted of a crime yet, in looking at how this just around, how Washington, D.C. has gone after their political enemies recently, I just wonder what's next. And again, that's not advocating for George Santos morally or anything like that. From everything that I've seen, I, I think, and he certainly has a right to a defense, and will ultimately hear his defense in a court of law, um, I think from everything I've seen, he probably is guilty. But he has the opportunity to ultimately give that defense in a court of law. And I think it is a very slippery slope if you end up expelling members of Congress that are just indicted on charges, especially seeing what just happened to our recent president, President Trump. Um, so uh, so when I look at this, I, I think it's right. And I also asked, OK, well, what about Adam Schiff? What about exactly if you're going to get rid what of the liars? And, Absolutely. If you're going to start getting rid of the liars, the place is going to be a ghost town. There'll be a few <laughs> left, but not many. Andrew, that's the time Thanks. we have. We got to check in with Lou Dobbs. Always a pleasure, my friend, Thank to speak you, with you.
Yes, and we have Adele here, who is number one. Easy on me, chop the charts. Boy, I tell you what. 2021. Checking in with Lou Dobbs and checking in with you on the telephone, so don't go away. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. Challenge what the future Try and keep your head up to the sky. I remember when I first saw the video for this. I was on a flight from Seattle to New York. And this video comes on, this foreign-looking girl, Desiree, is like doing some moves. But then I'm digging the message of this song. All I know, love will save the day. You gotta be bad, you gotta be bold, you gotta be wise, you gotta be hard, you gotta be tough, you gotta be stronger, you gotta be cool, you gotta be calm, you gotta stay together. All I know is love can save the day. Desiree's birthday today, born in 1968. James Golden, aka Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. And let's go to Mordecai in New Jersey to start off. Mordecai, how are you? I'm good, Bo. How about yourself? Doing well, thank you. So, really quick, I just wanted to point out something that I called in last night and uh, explained to um, Dominic Carter. Um, you know, when I go to rallies for Israel in New York and, you know, when I see them all around the country, um, from what I hear from my friends that go to these other places in the country, and New York even, too, is we go up to the cops, and we thank them for protecting us. We thank them for being there and keeping the peace. And the cops are glad to be there. And they say, you know, it's our pleasure. Now, on the other side of things, when we see these rallies or protests, even riots for the Palestinian cause, um, rioting for a ceasefire when there is a ceasefire, um, which makes no sense. And, you know, obviously with today's terrorist attack, they're hitting the cops. They're vandalizing property. You know, I mean, it's it's just putting overall stress on the system. So I just wanted to highlight that, you know, that difference between um, the the decay. Duly noted. Duly noted, Mordecai. Great call. We appreciate you. And stay out there, stay peaceful, and stay safe. Uh, Let's go to Robert in Suffolk. Robert, got to make your point quickly. Time is fleeing. Yes, James. The white lung virus is a designer virus created by a lab in China. This is very dangerous. The lethality rate could be as high as 30%, like the Spanish flu. Here's a headline today, Robert. I don't know whether you saw this or heard it. Mystery wave of pneumonia hits America. We're talking about Warren County in Ohio. Ohio County records 100 
42 child cases of white lung syndrome, which says meets the definition of an outbreak as China and Europe grapple with the crisis. Okay, it's in America. We're not talking about China now. We're talking Warren County, Ohio. And if it's in Ohio with 142 children already suffering from white lung syndrome, it is going to spread. This is not a China problem anymore. It's in America. You can find that story today at the Daily Mail. Andrew in Manhattan. Very quickly, my friend. Time is fleeing. What's on your mind? Wrecked them. Damn near killed them. <laughs> He's referring to our first story, ladies and well, one of our first stories today. Gentleman in Indiana, flyover country, had a Smith and Wesson three eighty caliber gun uh stuck up his hiney. And um yeah, and he got all the way they had to do a scan. He was already in jail before they discovered it. He's walking funny. What's wrong? Let's scan him. Hey, what's that in his booty? A gun. Yeah. Wrecked him? Damn near killed him. Ah, that's it for the day. Oh, my friends, may God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones. Watch over us during this holiday season. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, we are back tomorrow at 4 o'clock for Bolsonaro's Rush Hour. Again, a special shout-out to not only my team here at Bolsonaro's Rush Hour and our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. I have the best team of professionals in the world working with me to do this each day. But a shout-out to our social media team at WABC. WABC Social Media, you guys rock. See you tomorrow. Bye.